Section 7 of Dog Heroes of Many Lands. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dog Heroes of Many Lands by Sarah Noble Ives. Bum, a Brooklyn dog. Got any references? No. Die look like having references? Not any to speak of, I'll admit. The owner of the Bergen Street stables looked over the derelict specimen of humanity with amused contempt. The long, lanky form had the air of not having been well constructed in the first place. A suit of clothes, once dark blue, now faded to an indescribable greenish-brown, ill-covered him, so shrunken was the poor shoddy of its material. Frayed edges and unmended holes betokened the lack of personal care, and the lack of any one to care for him. The coat collar, turned up and buttoned to the throat, hid what the worn sleeves betrayed by their skimped length, that there was need of the garment to which one attaches collars and cuffs. Dried mud caked his boots between the holes and decked the man's trousers, thinning out to splashes on the coat tails. He was hollow-cheeked and hollow-eyed. His whole being was a threnody of hard luck. It was almost a sacrilege to call him a man, but God made him so he passed for one. Where did you work last? On the Pennsylvania Road. Hmm, president, I suppose, or maybe only a conductor in a palace car. Quit your kidding. I was digging on the road bed with the dagos. And you got fired. What if I did? You get fired for nothing nowadays. I wasn't a union man, and they found I had another man's ticket. Yes, yes, I know. There isn't much humanity in any kind of corporation nowadays. That's nothing, being fired. Anybody's liable to lose his place. But there's something else. Done time, haven't you? What business is that of yours? The young man gave the elder a sharp sidelong glance. Oh, nothing, nothing. I should say it was about two years ago, judging from the condition of your clothes. That's the regular cut they give them when they let them out. I've seen others and you haven't got all of the lockstep out of your system yet. I saw you as you turned in. Quite a Sherlock Holmes I am. Now see here, I'd rather like to know what you did. It wasn't murder, or you wouldn't be out with that suit on. But while there are some things a man can live down, there are others that if he does once, he does again, and worse. What was it you went up for? Burglary, if you gotta know. When a feller's hard up and he can't find nothing to do, He's got to do what he can. I suppose it's no use now to ask you for a job. The man coughed and turned away. Hmm. The stable owner rubbed his hand carefully over his beard, terminating with a roll of the fingers toward the tip. How old are you? Twenty-three. Hmm. Well, maybe it isn't in the grain. Yet. A man that steals for a business is hard to cure. But if it's a case of being hard up, maybe there's a chance. Now see here, boy. Mr. Devon straightened up and looked directly into the young fellow's eyes. It's plain to see that you haven't had much of the upper crust or the filling. Maybe it's your own fault, and maybe it isn't. But you're young, and perhaps if you can get off your uppers, you'll make good yet. I'm going to give you a chance. Not a big one, but a chance. If you can dig on a railroad bed, you can clean out stables. I need a stable boy. But mind you, no drink and no smoking. Cut those out. 
i can't have my horses neglected nor my stables set on fire as for stealing try the straight thing and see how it works what's your name gallagher thomas gallagher say mr devon you're white you are and you won't be sorry forget it said devon here's a quarter run and get yourself a cup of coffee and a sandwich before you begin got a place to stay no we'll sleep in the stables if you like i have to keep someone here and the other men all have families wait got any money just this here quarter well i'll give you part of your week's wages in advance to tide you over curran here will show you what to do gruff generous mr devon turned back to his book balancing in the little coop of an office and gallagher with a tear trembling on his eyelid he was not too far from boyhood as to be above human emotion went about his new duties he trusted me i'll show him and gallagher did show him never had mark devon so little cause for complaint in his understable hand he cleaned the stalls he fetched and carried and even when the other men imposed on him he did not resent it i'll make good he said november was passing by and thanksgiving was near already gallagher had made a rough attempt at mending up the old suit for work with his scanty savings he had he had acquired a sweater and a decent pair of trousers and aspired with his next week's surplus to a shirt he was planning even still further grandeur by new year's i guess i'll be able to get me a good warm coat this sweater'll have to do till then lucky i don't have to pay room rent he glanced down the street after curran who had just driven out with a dray looks like snow in them clouds oh well snow's nothing when you've got a job and a place to sleep kinder cozy in this here stable too snow it did the great storm of november twenty five is not yet forgotten a real blizzard it was with howling wind snow flying drifts piling traffic stopped the next morning devon could not get over from his home on myrtle avenue one of the stablemen who lived near curran it was floundered in breathless and spent with his struggle some storm he said to gallagher you're lucky to be here without coming he removed his coat and cap and shook off the snow that hung wet and thick to the rough wool there won't be any business this day devon'll play a losing game no team could haul anything half a block what you going out you're a fool to try got to get my breakfast now you're here said gallagher shoo i'd give you part of my lunch if i had enough to last you'll have to get something i suppose and enough to last all day so you won't have to go out again there isn't a restaurant open though you'll have to go about three blocks there's a little soup factory over on atlantic avenue that'll be boiling the pot i guess the folks live there that's the only place you can be sure of gallagher buttoned up his sweater to the last notch and swung out letting the wind help him he covered the three blocks despite the difficulties of travel with a hot breakfast to hearten him he started back but found that making progress against the gale was quite another thing pulling down his cap to cover his ears and with his bundle of lunch under his arm he started but even while he had been sitting in the little eating-house new drifts had whirled in on the side street eddies and the way he had come was choked and impassable i'll try it on the next cross street he said to himself there is a warehouse there with a covered walk battling pushing stumbling falling rising again and struggling on he fought his way along just one more block and he would be back in the stables heavens what a blast that was gallagher was turning the corner that led back to Bergen street 
when the wind rushing down between the buildings caught him knocked the breath out of him and plastered him flat against a brick wall jiminy just saved my cap that time this beats anything he pried himself loose from the wall only to be hurled into a snowbank blinded dizzy and breathing in dry gasps he righted himself what's that out of the other side of the drift came a wail a pitiful sobbing whimper some poor cur lost in it said gallagher well i got to save myself again the cry heartbreaking and almost human in its pathos that's trouble no mistake guess i'll have to turn life-saver hi there coming if i can get to you for an answer a yelp faint but imploring coming coming there gallagher waited behind the drift for a lull and then made a plunge around to the other side gritting his teeth he burrowed in toward the place of whaling and pulled out the whaler a small dog with nothing to recommend him but the agony in his eyes there you poor little feller i'll save you stop crying now you and me is the same breed i guess there he stuffed the animal under his sweater bent his head to the wind and staggered on now he was down and he and his burden were floundering helplessly almost hopelessly now he was up again his breath came quick and hard and his lungs felt as though their power was burning to the last flicker things began to go black then with a final lurch and still holding the dog he fell heavily against the stable door curran opened it and pulled him in picked him up and sat him on an overturned half bushel measure against the wall and while the boy slowly recovered his breath the man took a good look at the specimen of canine infirmity that gallagher had dropped on the floor where'd you get it snowdrift said gallagher when he could speak what do you call it dog i reckon pretty bum specimen worth saving do you think i had to it yelped yes i suppose so just as we preserve idiots and crazy folks because we can't kill em what'll you do with him keep him think devon'll let me i don't know he doesn't look useful and you can't call him an ornament certainly he was not an ornament of no of no race at all although with an imagination you might guess that some ancestor at some time had been a fox terrier he was or had been at birth white with black spots on his head and sides he was so thin that every bone showed so empty that his ribs almost knocked together his surface displayed almost every species of eruption and evidence of assault and battery that could be collected together in so small an area he had them all from the mange to a broken tooth the latter evidently the result of an application of boot well now you've got the pretty little thing what's your next move first thing i'll thaw him out gallagher dropped on his knees beside the dog and began rubbing the cold stiffened limbs here's a horse blanket to lay him on said curran who began to awake to an unusual good samaritan feeling say as soon as you've got him so as he can wiggle i've got some coffee in my tin and i can heat a bit on the office stove you keep rubbing curran bustled off and in a minute he was back here you hold his jaws open and i'll pour it down the dog opened his eyes as the warm liquid went down his throat that'll surprise his interior i'm thinking there see he's coming too what do you think of that the dog struggled and tried weakly to get on his emaciated legs cowering at the same time as if he expected a blow see that now said gallagher he's been kicked around so much that he doesn't recognize friends when he meets up with them he's the limit for looks here give him another nip of that er beverage 
do you think devon would object if i took him into the office where it's warm devon ain't here and he won't be while this storm lasts so he won't know better thaw him out a bit more first though too hot for a frozen dog in there then after a bit i'll give him a piece of cold mutton i got with my lunch i brought something too from the restaurant said gallagher i guess we can manage to fill him up and keep him well you take the risks yourself he's your dog what are you going to call him a bum-looking beast like that ought to be proud of any old name i'll just call him that said gallagher bum he's a bum-looking dog and i'm bum myself here you bum you just lay still inside this blanket i'm going to get the frost bite out in you and some grub into you and i'd advise first thing that you give him a bath and get the mange off him i've got some soap to do the trick i'll bring in a pail of water and heat it on the office stove and we'll roll him up in the blanket till he dries off a bath'll be the most surprising thing yet likely the first he ever had the dog took the rough but kindly treatment in a dazed fashion not understanding it in the least but he did come around under it all and in a vague way began to realize that no harm was intended him there being no business that day the two men after their regular work of tending the horses spent their spare hours putting heart into this newcomer he was fed scrubbed rubbed down and dried while the storm howled in baffled fury outside by nightfall he was on his legs following timidly at gallagher's heels cringing when spoken to but sneaking up in spite of his fear for the kind touch of this new and extraordinary master he even managed to coax a bit of wag into that broken tail of his which never before had had any occasion for such demonstration that night after all the stable work was done and curran had gone home to his family around the block gallagher took bum with him to the little cubby in the hayloft and together they lay in mutual warmth and happiness the derelict man with the hollow chest and the derelict dog with a grateful heart and the storm hissed and shrieked under the eaves and around the window casement in vain now whatever mr devon thought when he came in bright and early the next morning he did not disclose he only said that as curran had where'd you get that in a drift said gallagher then with a new note in his voice he asked can i keep him hmm he's not a beauty and he won't bring trade just now he isn't much of an advertisement for the business oh yes keep him if you want to but fatten him up as soon as you can so bum became an attache of the Bergen street stables beautiful he could never be and never did he lose that habit of cringing when spoken to suddenly but in spite of it his confidence in humankind grew apace and his devotion to gallagher was almost abject at his heels he followed from early morn till dewy eve gallagher picked a restaurant where dogs were favored and many a bone came his way from the slipshod waiter whatever gallagher could afford for himself he shared with bum not minding that his purchase of warmer clothing had to be put off a little farther december was a mild month that year and gallagher made up for the chilliness of his exterior by the warmth about his heart he began to whistle about his chores though now and then he would be interrupted by a fit of coughing the dog grew in plumpness if not in grace but gallagher himself did not christmas eve and a cold clear sunset with a rising wind the people doing their last bits of shopping drew their furs closer as they stepped out into the street and joined the gay hurrying throng 
Mr. Devon, about eight of the clock, came into the stables for a last look. He glanced at the thermometer that hung outside and saw that it registered ten below zero and was still falling. Curran and the other men had gone home, and he stopped to glance over his accounts and to smile at the balance to his credit. He smiled again as he looked at an armful of bundles that were to go home with him and be added to the piles under the bulging stockings. Yes, and for the wonderful Christmas tree, waiting in the darkened room, around whose doors five merry children had been tiptoeing all day. Christmas was a great institution for the kids, and he and mother, too, were as excited as the rest when Jenny or Rob laid on their altars some gift of their own contriving. Devon had been prospered this year. Yes, he looked into the glow of the little office stove. Already the red was dying out, and a chill crept through the office walls. The sound of a hollow cough came from the stables without. Gallagher! Gallagher came in with Bum at his heels. It is cold tonight. Be sure to give the horses good, thick beds and blanket them well. Will you be all right yourself? Yes, sir. I've plenty of bed covers, and I can get an extra horse blanket if need be. Devon looked sharply at the thin face. You don't look any too spry. Bum here is growing to be the handsomer man of the two. Aren't you well? I'm all right, said Gallagher with a little shrug. Just a nasty little cough. It's nothing. Next week payday, I'll be able. See here. Haven't you got warm underwear? Haven't needed it. As I say, next week I'll... Now, now, I didn't think of that. This Christmas Eve business started me to remember that I haven't paid you very big wages while I was trying you out. Why, yes, a fellow's got to live, and even bones for bum must cost something. See here, you come up to my house tomorrow at two o'clock, and we'll give you a Christmas dinner that'll make your eyeballs jingle. And I have some old underwear you can have. And I'm going to raise your wages. You've done mighty well. Good night and a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, sir. Mr. Devon, you've been white all through to me, and I'm not forgetting it. All right, all right. You've proved my theory. A man needn't always stay in the gutter because he fell in once, or because he was born there either. I take it you've never had much of a chance. I was born on the east side, sir, in New York. I guess I've been pretty tough. Devon pressed the lad's hand and was gone, out into the cold street, whose pavement rang like ice under steel runners. I haven't done my whole duty by that boy, he said to himself. He's got no one to look after him, and he needs mothering. Mary loved to do it. God bless her. The streets rang with happy laughter. How bright the little shops were. Devon swung aboard the Crosstown car for Myrtle Avenue, and his mind went back to his armful of bundles and the cheery apartment where his wife and children waited for him. After Devon had gone, Gallagher opened his palm and stood staring at a crisp five-dollar bill. Devon certainly was good. The lad, he was only that, had never known anything like this before. And tomorrow there was to be a great dinner. And he was invited. He put the bill carefully away in an old wallet and locked the stable door. Then he saw to it that the horses were well provided for against the growing cold. He shivered as he turned to go upstairs to his loft, and his face was drawn and blue. I'm lucky to have this place to sleep, he said, but it's an awful cold night. Bum, you and I got to snuggle up mighty close or we'll get nipped. The night grew colder and colder. Gallagher tried in vain to coax the sluggish blood in his veins to a faster beat. The frost seemed to burrow into him. Blankets or no blankets. He 
he was grateful for the warmth of bum against his body but how cold his feet and hands were hours went by the stars burned clear and cold high above the thin keen air but they did not comfort sleep did not come to gallagher one of the horses grew restless likely his blankets off i'll go down and see gallagher wrapped the covers around bum and stole down the stairs yes old bayberry was uncovered he fastened the blanket more securely and piled straw deep around the horse's legs somehow it seemed less cold here than in the chilly loft what harm if he sat for a bit on that pile of straw with the blanket around his shoulders for a moment anyhow so weary he was with the lack of sleep that to climb the stairway just now seemed impossible just a minute and then back to bum how queer and dry his lungs felt his cough racked him and he lay back exhausted he was growing sleepy now the cold did not seem to bite so fiercely he wrapped the horse blanket tighter around him and nodded sleep was coming how good it was to sleep and sleep and not feel the cold the christmas bells were ringing now they made a pretty sound it was christmas morning and at two o'clock he was to have a grand dinner a milk cart went creaking down the street with the driver clapping his arms around him to quicken the circulation the milk cans clattered and the frost sang on the tires bum stirred in his blankets and nosed around for gallagher but he was gone he listened no sound he bounded out and down the stair yes there was gallagher his gallagher running to him he poked his nose into the hand that always caressed him but gallagher did not move the dog licked the white pinched face upturned on the straw there was a quiver of the eyelids good old bum murmured gallagher and then the eyes closed again the dawn was coming in through the stable windows it was not usual for gallagher to be asleep down here and so fast asleep it was not all right bum must find help he ran to the office no one was there he threw his weight on the street door it was fastened nothing left but to call for help bum barked and barked then he ran back to gallagher he did not stir bum returned to the door and sat down and howled long and impotently no answer again he barked and howled his misery and fear raging back and forth he kept up his desperate appeal the children in the tenement opposite the stables opened their eyes as the gold began to creep up in the east merry christmas they shouted let's look in our stockings my but it's cold there's a dog barking somewhere i bet he's shivering the elders stirred in their warm beds i wonder what's the matter with that bothersome dog he spoiled my nap merry christmas shouted the children sure enough and the flapjacks must be baked mrs kittery shivered and began to dress hurriedly still the barking and howling were more frantic and insistent where is the brute of a dog said pat kittery sounds as if he was over in devon's stables i believe something's wrong said mrs kittery from the kitchen where she was mixing the batter why don't you go over and see that gallagher stays there nights kittery put his nose out the window brrr he said and put on his overcoat and cap he went down the stair crossed the street and knocked on the stable door the barking and howling became more frantic than ever what's the matter in there wailed bum the door is locked i'll have to go around the back and get Curran. wait here you i'm coming back Curran and kittery entered the stables and a little half-crazed dog jumped on them and then darted away toward the corner of the stable the men did not follow immediately he ran back renewed his pleading and was gone again and then they followed him 
when they reached the, the pile of straw bum was crouched on gallagher's chest moaning and licking the cold cheek curran stopped and placed his ear close to the white face there's life there yet we'll bring him around bum you saved your pal he'd have been gone soon we ain't been as decent as you or he'd have been better fitted to be here this cold night i'll telephone devon when mr devon came gallagher was just able to smile weakly despite the pain in his chilled limbs we are going to fix you up all right boy and then for a merry christmas dinner and a few other changes bum you go to the party too and you deserve the best bit of breast on the turkey good old bum said gallagher End of section seven. Recording by April six zero nine zero, California, United States of America.